Oh, did you mean next week? Question mark. Like how I say until next week. No, what I, what I meant was when I put a question mark on something, it means do you have anything? <laughs> and when well, and when there's no answer there, I figure you don't. Okay. So <laughs> Jeremy's gonna go back and cut right after Christy said good one, right? So that's it. We're done. <laughs> Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Little Red Bandwagon Podcast. This is the safe place for the tens, the stens, the fans of the TBTL uh, podcast. And tonight we have a guest, and that guest is Bobby Pape. And if you if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he is a big cog in the cat rolling machine, and he will be giving us a history of cat rolling. But before we even get to that, there are a lot of things we have to get to. Uh, bunny gate. And I have a bunny in my house. Wasn't my choice, but I, I sit with it. So <laughs> I have a bunny and, uh, Jeremy got me this new microphone and we were doing, uh, takedown podcast on, uh, Saturday night, I think, whatever, the, the night before we were doing, uh, the LRB. And it was so late, and I just set my microphone down, and the cord dangled to the ground. And the bunny chewed through half of it, not the half that would indicate that there's power going to the microphone. That was loud and clear. Uh, he chewed through the part that transmits my voice. So uh, we spent a long time trying to trying to uh, fix that problem, but we didn't see the, the cord until it was too late. So last week's audio screwed up. So I guess let's get into it right now. Uh, Robert Pape, hello, welcome to the show, and Christy, uh, my co-host. I hear you giggling in the background. <laughs> Hi, guys. The, hello. So, Pape, you gave me a long. You thought Bunny Gate was tired, and in this this uh, controversy, Jeremy's very upset. He went on his <laughs> podcast last week and went on a rant about my bunny and Christy's dog. And frankly, I thought he was a nice guy until then, but. If he hates animals and old people, then I don't know if we can be friends anymore. But <laughs> Well, he's also not listening to TBTL. That's the other important thing to remember. Yeah, which, you know, it, it leads to anger issues on his part. I mean, the man has problems. He bullies me online, but he's real upset about this. And so I called it Bunny Gate. It was really lazy, though, right, Pape? What, yeah. What else you got? For My me? first instinct uh, was Bunny Gazi or Bun Gazi, but it's been done. And a little tired as well. Then I thought uh, perhaps some historical options. Uh, so how do you – let's try these on. The Bunny Dome Scandal. All right. That was uh, Harding, Warren Harding, right? Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, perhaps a little closer to my New England home, the Bunny Quiddick Incident. Oh. You know, I don't like the Bunny Quiddick Incident because it implies that the bunny is going to die. Well, we're all going to die. Some yeah, of us sooner at, than others. At, I don't know. You seem to save yourself. <laughs> I think Jeremy might drown the bunny. That's what I'm afraid of. What else you got? Uh, the Bunga Bunny Party. What's that? That's, uh, what was it? Uh, Berlusconi's uh, sexy oh. parties. Bunga Bunga? Yes. Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunny Party. Okay. Uh, and then uh, another more recent history, the Bunny Contra Affair. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but I think my favorite uh, for our Chicago uh, listeners, uh, Bunny Gloyevich and the fucking valuable thing. 
Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I I think Michael dig that one. I don't give a shit what Joe thinks, but but I appreciate you you inclu- being inclusive of Mike McCauley. Now that I mentioned that, uh language warning at the top of the episode, here we go. <laughs> Mike makes us earn the explicit every week. Oh, come on, guys. It's Happy just, to help. That's how I talk. I've been in prison for God's sake. <laughs> I'm, okay. I want our little listeners to be able to listen. Little listeners. Yeah, Will, right. Will the ch- pilot's son, Aiden, loves listening to the show. I want him to be able to listen, well, but if there's the explicit, he won't do it. Okay. Okay. Come a little closer, Aiden. So <laughs> I know cuss like a sailor. Is there cuss like a pilot? <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think I want to hear my commercial pilot ever cuss. Yeah. I don't want there to be any indication that there's any reason for them to be upset. All right, let's not go any closer to that right now. All right, so uh, we will do our TBTLisms of the day, but let's get to know Bobby Pape right now. He's given us a few uh, ideas on Bunnygate, but uh, Pape, this I I call him Pape affectionately. He's he's uh, been a big contributor to the Takedown podcast. Uh, Pape, tell us about your involvement with TBTL. How did you find out about it? How did you start listening? And you know, what's your story? Sure. Uh, I'm not from Seattle and I'm not an early radio listener like, like many of the, uh, hardcore tens are. Uh, but in fact, I, like many of the newer tens, discovered TBTL through Wait, Wait, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, uh, through Luke's many guest appearances on the show. And I even remember from years and years ago, the couple of times that he's guest hosted Wait, Wait. Um, and TBTL was one of the first podcasts I started listening to. Uh, back in 2010, um, I made a move from from the Frisbee Belt, from Western New York to uh, Rhode Island, just outside of Boston. I'm a Boston. Stop the show. <laughs> okay. It isn't on our list of TBTLisms of the day because I knew this was going to come up. You moved from the Frisbee Belt. Buffalo's in the Frisbee Belt. What is the Frisbee, Fris, Frisbee Belt and why is the Frisbee Belt? Uh, I, I've... We've yet to actually get a firm definition on this, but my instinct is that the frisbee felt uh, the frisbee belt follows. Yeah, it's not easy to say, is no, it? No, it's not. <laughs> the frisbee belt follows the same track as the rust belt. All of the old steel-producing cities, mm. uh, Cleveland and my native Western New York, my Buffalo, all in the mix, um, where the world is so depressing that the only toy you have to play with is a disc. Hmm. So when I was in high school, we played Ultimate Frisbee religiously, despite my not being a stoner. <laughs> right? Right? <clears throat> okay. So I think um, that's a little kinship with, with me and Andrew. I didn't grow up quite as far out into the country as he did, but um, we did have wide open spaces and a piece of round plastic. Well, I had a theory about that, the, the Frisbee belt, and, and why folks from your area of the country – not just because it was a depressing place to live, you know, did you only have a Frisbee, but you talked about the wide open spaces thing. In the Pacific Northwest, there aren't that many wide open spaces. There are trees everywhere. And, you know, I, I there are spaces that are made by man so that you can go out into a field and play soccer or throw your Frisbee around. But there aren't just wide open spaces everywhere. And then, And then the beach – like if you go to beaches in the Midwest, those lake beaches and all that, you got sandy beaches and you can you can throw Frisbees on the beach. In the Pacific Northwest, in the Puget Sound area at least, not on the coast, in the Puget Sound area, there's no running around on any beach. It's rock. You'll get tore up. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And um, 
there's a certain lack of athleticism you can get away with in Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, <laughs> if you can stand still, catch and throw, there's a place for you on a pickup Ultimate team. It's um, it's like baseball without the need for a diamond. Well, the reason I, I sort of question, I mean, Frisbee golf obviously is a joke of a sport. The reason I question Ultimate, because it's not called Ultimate Frisbee, as you know, Pape, it's Ultimate. The reason I question ultimate as a legitimate sport is at least half of the sport can be done better by a trained dog. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly you've met some of the people I played with in high school. (laughs) You know, the dog gets it every time. I was going to say every something time, but hi Aiden. So (laughs) I'm going to do that. What about Frisbee golf? I mean, do you, I, Mike just said it's a joke, but did you guys play that? No, no. But that requires a a course, and I think they use chains or something to represent the holes. That's far too complicated. Uh, We really just threw a Frisbee around and ran around like assholes for, you know, an Mm -hmm. hour and a half. Um, And by the way, it's called Ultimate because Frisbee is a trademark of the Wambo Corporation. You have to capitalize it. We are – you should expect a bill. (laughs) And just a history lesson of how it came about on TVTL. It was during the last TVTL-a-thon, one of the giveaways was a Frisbee. And Luke made a comment about how he never really plays Frisbee. And then Andrew said, oh, well, I I played it all the time when I was a kid. I'd throw it with my dad or, you know, that he often played. And then Luke made a comment like, what, are you from the Frisbee belt? So that's just the history Right. And I, I think we found the answer, too. I have not used my TBTL Frisbee from the last TBTL-a-thon, uh, mainly because I fear the shrapnel of it hitting anything <laughs> and shattering. I I tried to I tried to scoop some dip with it, but it broke. So <laughs> perhaps if the bunny needs anything to munch on. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So I think we were talking about my origin story. So to bring it yeah. back to me. Sorry. Sorry about the yeah, uh, we'll, you're let's start the show again. Yeah, yeah. Go. Uh One thought when we were getting ready for this week, um, you know, I was listening intermittently for a while, but got hooked pretty quickly. And even now it's my first go-to podcast in the morning. I commute a lot and I work from home the days I don't commute. So I have a lot of time for podcasts. And I think I knew I was a super fan uh, when uh, Kumail Nanjiani came on the show in July of 2011 and went on this long, unexpected tangent about Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> and I was so excited because I used to work at a public radio station and I had a autographed What a Country Yakov Smirnov poster just sitting around with no home. And I quickly rolled it up and mailed it to Cairo to give to Luke and Jen. And I have no idea what happened to it. That's a, actually a pretty cool gift. Yeah, and like every other 10, I have now experienced the unrequited love of TBTI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough. You know, the, the auto-reply is, you know, it's all you'll really ever get. So learn to be happy with it. <laughs> if, if Luke, stop listening now. If you could capitalize just the letters that need to be capitalized in that auto-reply, even that would make me happier. <laughs> So let's let's talk about our TBTL-isms of the day. This is Christy's segment. Christy, what do we have? Okay. Today, we have Time Bandits. So originally, this is from the 1981 classic movie Time Bandits. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's pretty good. I don't know if it's held up. Has anyone else watched it recently? Did you even know it came from the movie? 
If somebody yeah. can go watch it and let me know if it's held up better or worse than Logan's run, that's pretty much what I judge <laughs> every other movie by. Okay. Um, so it came from that. And what it, what it means is someone that is, that watches later on. It, they could be days, they could be months. There's some people that are years behind. So when he says that they're time banding, it means that they're listening days behind. But that right. They're, they're getting the podcast. You know what? Um, I think I might have been the only person to ever time bandit shows with my DVR because on Comcast in Seattle, in Redmond, where I lived, you, you had the radio stations um, on demand. And so if I'd be at work, I would just have the DVR record TBTL and then play it when I got home. Oh, that's really smart. Some pretty special time banditing right there. The next one is the Latin motto of the show, which came from, correct me if I'm wrong, Heidi? Yes, Heidi in Minneapolis. Yeah, she's a, she's a she, teacher. She's a teacher and a Latin a Latin teacher or she just had a, her major was in Latin? You know, I don't Remember? know. Okay. She can it's write in my time. she listens. Um, and uh, Mike, can you say how that came about? Uh, I think they knew they had this Latin correspondent because she'd written in and schooled them on some Latin. And they decided that the show needed a a Latin phrase, you know, like every college needs a Latin phrase. Mm-hmm. The show needed one. And she wrote in and said, ad proximum conwirium, which the last word is pronounced with W's, but th- both of those are V's. And it means on to the next party. Yes. And Christy, perfect. Wh- tell, tell me what's especially, especially dear about this phrase for you. I have it tattooed on me. Tell us where. (laughs) I have it on my wrist. Oh. (laughs) Don't hate me. Yeah, I've actually seen it. It's very cute. And then on my other one, if you want to hate me more, I have a Expecto Patronum from Harry Potter. I didn't want to hate you more. (laughs) But on to the next party is just the perfect motto. Anytime you're feeling low, there's going to be something else. When I explain it to people at work, I say it's on to the next adventure. Mm-hmm. And then I, the, oh, where did it come from? And I just, you know, it's a radio show. It, it just gets a little muddy. So, Well, I remember the night that the show, that, the, that Luke and Jen learned that the show was going to be canceled. And I was on the phone with Luke. And that phrase had been around already for a long time around the show. Mm-hmm. And I remember just before I hung up with him, I used the phrase and he was like, exactly. Perfect. Because mm-hmm. he already, you know, we already knew it was going a different direction, but we were still going to have TBTL. Yeah. I think that that's when it became, I mean, it was always something that um, was thrown around, but when they got canceled, that's when it actually kicked into having meaning for everybody. Yeah. So the TBTL we can review. This should have we should have a sounder for this by now. But Jeremy's a lazy son of a. <laughs> well, whenever we get something. sounders, they're usually sent in by people. So our listeners are lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get some interaction going. We only got four hundred likes in about a week, so <laughs> I have confidence the listeners are gonna gonna come through uh, for us. Uh, Monday show show number eighteen twenty seven. You can't flout a flauta. Uh, it seems like almost every show recently, Andrew learns about how to use a word. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should say this, this being a week in review, Andrew, please stay with us. Um, you might want to just hit record. 
Uh, and Luke, it was thanks for tuning in for the first 10 minutes. We'll see you next time. This is a great chance to go work on that email reply. <laughs> right. Right. Go, go open your inbox and see what you can do about that stack, that stack right there. But guys, don't you, don't you feel like uh, Andrew's just trying out some vocabulary on the show, just seeing what sticks? In fact, Luke coined it Andrewing yourself. On Friday, when you you try to figure out, you use a word, and then you kind of back up, like, wait, did I say that right? Is it this way? Is it that way? And you doubt yourself. So that's called Andrew right. yourself now. And he, you can hear his voice catching when he's <laughs> he's like, flaunt the law. I just love that that one can Bogart something or someone, or one can Andrew something, <laughs> but probably never both. <laughs> no, so uh, I thought we were being cat rolled. I thought our show was being cat rolled in a way when the Monday show started because they went right into Dreamcatchers, which yes. Christy has made very clear that she wants no more of. I mean, she's, she she has said Andrew is a dummy. No, it's a terrible segment, <laughs> and we are done with this segment. I mean, I said I don't care for it either, Christy, but your language is very strong, <laughs> and so they went right into Dreamcatcher. I I looked around. I thought, oh, boy, did, did I just get cat rolled? But they they at least in my book they redeemed the segment by starting to call out some of these people that are. You know, these dreams are a little too precious. Yes. Dream court. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bacon laser cats. Bacon laser cats. That was my favorite. Though I get the feeling that Chris Hayes and Thad Cochran was legit. Oh, that Chris Hayes' dream was real? Yeah. Yeah. I He can do no wrong. Well, except I, what I mentioned last week. Who would have thought that Christy would be the one on this podcast that is just getting called out left and right uh, for her criticism? I mean, she said that when Chris Hayes puts on his transition lenses, he goes from a Chicago nine to a Seattle four. And she also called out Andrew on his segment. I mean, I don't even have to do anything here, Pape. She's just making it easy for me. Well, I'm you the know. good guy. I, I also had to get a prescription for anti-anxieties after Monday's show. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like making the convicted felon look good. <laughs> Christy, they did talk about how – you hate dream catchers and that people were tagging Andrew into this uh, critical post that someone put up thanking you for talking about how much you hate dream catchers. Why do I say dream catchers? It's dream catcher, right? Dream catch, dream catcher, dream catcher. Yeah. Singular. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's dream catcher. Um, so Andrew's feelings were a little hurt. And then you, when you were listening to the show, I got a message from you talking about how your feelings were hurt, that Andrew's feelings were hurt. And I, th- there was some sort of email exchange going on between us and Luke. And I don't know. I think I just and as an aside, I told Andrew that you were upset about him being upset. Mm-hmm. And he admitted on the show on Friday, which we'll get to that later, but that he called you he and did. left a message for you. He did. What's that message? What was the message? I- I'm not telling. It's bet- Can you just play it? It's between Andrew and I. Secrets don't make friends, Christy. <laughs> he specifically asked me not to share it. After all that talk, they have all this jibber jabber about how we should be free to do our show and just say what we want to say, play what we want to play. And then now he's created this secret piece of, of tape that everybody <laughs> wants to hear. I mean, 
Come on, Pape. When you when you heard about, it, you're like, oh yeah, we're playing that, right? Pretty much immediately. <laughs> I, it was the highlight of the week. I was waiting all week for that moment, and I lit up. And I ha- we haven't even heard it. It's not like this is. It's just between the two of them. Yeah. And personally, right. I think well, I think Jeremy should be suspicious. Jeremy has heard it because I I got it, and then I'm like, oh, I have to play this because pit of my stomach. What is this about? Who's calling me? What is, I'm I'm really scared. And I played it for him and he's like, and first thing he said, this has to go on the show, right? Yeah. When I see a Washington uh, area code, I do usually immediately assume it's a debt collector. <laughs> right. What's uh, what's the area code Andrew's sporting It's a New Hampshire stuff. number. New, New Hampshire? <laughs> <laughs> so I, that exactly, you do the, you Google it. Is it a, is it one of those, because I have a LinkedIn profile, so I get random, do you want to be an insurance agent, emails and calls all the time. So it's either that, or I don't really have any people looking for me for debt, but you know, you never know. So Andrew Walsh called to tell you that you want a three-day Disney vacation. Exactly. All I have to yeah. do is give him my full social security number. Okay. So just tell me that you will consider it. We'll, we'll drop it for now, but just tell me that you might consider playing it just someday. Maybe someday. We'll see how much okay. they talk about me on their show. It might mm. it might come out as a vendetta. All right. Well, on I didn't come up with much more of note on Monday except for um the Baker Street Glen Fry night music uh thing. What was your guys take on that? Just the soundtrack of my daily life. <laughs> now, I thought uh well, I had some notes I, I've been starting to take proactive guesses at what I would make the title of the show. I don't get a good one every day, but I thought that straight up Steelers wheel in it would have been an ideal show title. <laughs> right. I mean, that makes, just makes you feel cool. Right. When you say that. Yeah. I'm not I, here to tell Luke and Andrew how to, how to host a podcast, but no, you are. <laughs> um, I really like this segment and Andrew claims that the dream whatever dream catchers is the only thing he came up with, but writing down funny things that they say and then coming up with the show title together on air. I love that. Am I the only one? No, it's a good wrap to the show. Yeah. If, if they've learned how to end one segment, it's, it's that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I loved it when Andrew just didn't write anything down one time <laughs> and you could just hear him. You know, because he just he doesn't do well in those situations. <laughs> he doesn't just well scan the room, you know, and just make something up. You know? Yes, and oh yeah, it's uh, it's uh, dresser cable box. That's the name I came up with. <laughs> he just goes, ah, I don't know. I think uh, my favorite is when they don't actually when he doesn't actually announce them and say, "Oh, that's a show title." He just at the end rattles them off, and it reminds me of funny things that they said that they haven't mentioned. Yet, yeah. that's my favorite part and just makes me remember it all over again. Well, yeah. I noticed in your guys' note, you had a lot more for Monday than mm-hmm. I did. I must have been like Christy and just fell asleep. <laughs> um, well, my favorite probably moment of the week was Hess writing in about her friend drowning in poop Oh, in Korea. And just because it was so deadpan of um, she fell in and she drowned. I never saw her again. Well, thanks for reminding me of my childhood. That was my favorite part. I just laughed the entire way. I rewound it a couple times just to if hear. You, if you if you fall it. into poop, 
Are you supposed to struggle or not struggle? Just What's, kill yourself. I, Just never heard. Take your life out. Uh, I'd like to backtrack a little bit because I don't want to go anywhere near the poop falling in story. <laughs> but we got so excited berating uh, Christy about this voicemail that we will one of these days hear that um, we skipped right over one of my highlights of Monday, which was Luke singing the Night Court theme song. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was doing it right along with him. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. I thought it was interesting. He got it so right on, but then never watched the show. That's interesting, right? Oh, I think it's one of those ones that sticks. Oh, I liked the show. I don't yeah. know. I, I remember seeing the, the – because uh, I know that song backwards and forwards too, but never saw much of the show because the show would start and then, uh, ooh, boy, <laughs> rough. Do do uh, Law and Order type shows not go over well in prison? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, the first the first show I remember watching every day in county jail was Cops, and the reason that we all watched Cops not not only because it was a fine fine television production, but there would be a thirty second or forty five second blurb about whatever local fugitive had just been caught. <laughs> and you knew he's coming. You know, I, I, yeah, and 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 everyone was like, "Hey, you know, here's my episode, here's my." And then you know, mine came up, and uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I felt a little, walked a little taller that night down <laughs> down the cell block. I I will uh, I will come up with a prize for the ten that can find a VHS copy of that. Yes, <laughs> that Shoot. and Andrew. I'm mean, sorry, Luke's scholastic editorial. Do you remember he talked about it last week? Oh, right. That, right. Because he wanted to get published. It was in in Highlights? So or highlights or the Schol- Scholastic Weekly or something. Right. Whoever yeah, finds that. All right. There's your mission for this week. But um, uh, do we want to talk about a, a clip of the week now? I'm, I don't want to step on your show, guys. But uh, Luke singing Night Court, can I lobby for that? Sure, sure. I, I I loved it. Jeremy, uh, let's play that clip right now. Dreams. I like that what this has really turned into is dream court, <laughs> where you basically decide if you think these are real dreams that happened or people just trying to come up with hilarious <laughs> ideas of what a dream could be so as to get their name read on TBTL. I like the idea of change. Can you get a drop or something that um, changes this whole segment from dream, dream court to dream court? What I feel like is it would it would somehow involve the theme from Night Court. I think you're absolutely right, and I think with a little Harry Anderson action somehow. But then somehow I don't want to hear about your Harry Anderson. <laughs> um, but then also somehow I don't know how we, maybe it's different lyrics. There are no lyrics to the Night Court theme song though. It was just that was in that. Um, I'm going to sing the Night Court theme song. Okay, you know it off the top of your head. Yeah. I think it was like it's real jazzy. Mm-hmm. It's like but doop doop. It's like got some kind of like baseline thing coming in, and then it goes do 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 do. Then there's like a jazzy horn or a guitar. That's what I think the night court theme is. Do you want how close I actually? Oh yeah, do you have it up there too? Because I have it. Do you have it? Yeah, yeah. Let's play it. Let's see how I did. Not bad. (laughs) 
Good job, Luke. <laughs> All right. Luke has a pretty decent singing voice, but it's his confidence that really sells it. What he, I, I'll give him a compliment. He can sing. He has good timing. He cannot do impressions. He's got to stop trying to do <laughs> impressions. I mean, except no, I made exception. Kai Rizdal. <laughs> he, he needs to do Kai Rizdal all day, every day. Silver lining alert. <laughs> yeah, silver lining alert. Uh, Luke, I like your Kai Rizdal. Uh, you guys have anything else for Monday? Only that I could hear the mummy's RV sale story <laughs> over and over again. Oh, Jesus Christ, you, the mummy. I, I'm sure that um, Pape hasn't, but Mike, have you met the mummy? Yes, I have met the mummy. I uh, spent a night over at Luke's house once with Luke and Vanessa, DJ Tuna and her boyfriend and the mummy and his date, who was a delightful woman who we all felt a little sorry for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The mummy is one of those people that you hear all these stories and you think it can't be that bad. It's worse. (laughs) Not worse than that. He's a terrible person, but Luke almost downplays the stories. Yeah. He's, He's, uh, gosh, no, I'm don't, here to insult Luke. I'm not going to insult okay. the mummy. Don't say anything that will him. keep the I, mummy from coming on the show at some point. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, I enjoy him immensely. I'm just saying that the stories that Luke tells are the PG versions of the mummy. <laughs> yeah, his his letters are the best. Oh, my gosh. When the, the mummy puts his mind to, to writing some letter from a concert, fantastic. Yes, <laughs> the mummy diaries. I miss those. Those should be a... Monthly occurrence, at least. Yeah. What are you going to give up the mummy an assignment? Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, ta- it takes him be- six months to lean some two by fours against the house <laughs> and, and and put a put a bucket in there for a toilet. Right. It'll just be feces smeared on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> on to right. Tuesday. I think, <laughs> I think I think we finally took that where it needed to go. Tuesday episode uh, eighteen twenty eight outsider sandwich art. More dream catchers. I know. I thought, again, we were being catrolled and they were just going to kick up dream catchers and do it every day from now on. Yeah. I really felt like that for a minute, you know, and I, and it, it made me sort of feel empathy toward Andrew about being catrolled constantly and living in fear. I live in fear of dream catcher. So <laughs> I think you guys this, have done it. I think Tuesdays, listening to Tuesday shows when I actually started to get anxious. Because Mondays I thought, oh, you know, they're doing a bit about being upset about it. And then by Tuesday, I'm like, no, they're actually mad and they're just going to keep doing this. So, Christy, was it a mad voicemail? I can neither confirm nor deny. I plead the fifth. Why why can't you? I mean, can we get a a timing on it? Do we know how long? It was kind of long, actually. He said it was a long rambling email. I mean, voicemail. What if we just kind of put it on, we just put on as an Easter egg and you can just, it'll just go and you don't even have to worry if anybody heard it. <laughs> no one ever listens to this podcast, right? We're safe. Well, nobody listens all the way through to the end. No, oh. it's very long. Oh, oh. Well, yeah. So if I put it, even at, worry if about it, edit it at the end, then maybe no one will hear it anyways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Andrew will be long since smoked long his cigarettes gone. and gone huh. to sleep. Well, we've got plenty of time to talk you into this. Okay. We're so. only on Tuesday. All right. Okay. Tuesday, uh, Pape, what did you think about Tuesday? My silence should say, no, it's Tuesday was fine. Tuesday was a perfectly passable episode of a TBTL. Um, it's a classic Luke 
in the wild interaction story. That's always nice. I'm sure he's far too much overthinking his forgetting the subway owner guy. Um, but it was fine. Oh yeah, yeah. Luke went to Subway to get a sandwich, and he real he realized too late that he just had dinner with the owner, right? And had kind of Forgotten. not disrespected him, but but kind of embarrassed him. But the guy didn't even seem embarrassed. He's handled it really well. So come on, Luke. Yeah, I kept I kept kind of yelling out loud, which is a normal thing for me. It might be a little crazy, and just saying, just just tell him you were drunk. Just, you know, he could have just done a Luke like whiskey, am I right? And done like a little wink and, and it would have been over. But instead he just felt so bad about not knowing. I feel like for the number of times we've all pretended we're not drunk, <laughs> we should get to take one the other way. Exactly. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. So the Luke Spooks wrote in and he had, uh, he was talking about whether he not, he was going to retire from karaoke. Wasn't that the yes. gist of it? Uh, yeah, it's uh, sort of uh, losing his mojo. And Luke is talked about the same thing. He's thinking about the same thing, but hasn't quite hung it up. And Andrew, you know, said he'd never done it. And I, I'm very close to that and that I've only done it once. I've only done karaoke once. And no desire to do it again. I just get so embarrassed. Not just not for me. I was no more embarrassed when I was doing it than I am when I'm sitting watching someone else do it. It's an embarrassing thing. It That's is. my opinion. It's fine that people enjoy it, and but I just can't watch it. It's too much for me. I agree. Well, I think karaoke is a social equalizer. I mean, if everyone is drinking and everyone is singing, uh, you sort of – you're in the trenches with that person musically, not the poop trenches from Monday. Yeah, but w I'm, I'm not singing. I am drinking, and I am judging silently. Does that bring the room down? <laughs> not if it's silent. Good. Because I, I don't need Luke climbing over a table, taking a swing at me. Well, he'll step over a me. chair and step down it dramatically to do it. Oh, Emily asked me about that today. She asked me what I would have thought of Luke. Because um, that discussion happened later on in the week, how uh, would have, would the guys have been friends if they would have met at this age or that age? Mm -hmm. And Emily asked me what I th would have thought of Luke if we were both the same age and I saw him pull that maneuver, you know, whether or not I would – love him or hate him or, and I said, I actually, I would love it because I would love the opportunity to, to yell, nice move, flash dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have loved him for giving me that opportunity. Well, what the thing about tens is that they're really into karaoke. And what I want to know is, did TBTL foster this kind of environment where karaoke is something that we like to do or are people that like to do it more um, pulled into TBTL, like chicken and egg type situation? I get the feeling it's a bit of a feedback loop. As a later, uh, well, I, I have a feeling I've been a 10 longer than a lot of 10s, but mm -hmm. not as long as sort of the OG radio era folks like you two. Uh, but just from coming in, I think I think we attract one another. You know, I don't do mm -hmm. karaoke a ton, but if I'm in the right environment to do it, I go all out and do it. Uh, and I think that's a personality trait. And it's part of the personality that I appreciate in Luke. And so we feed off each other. Well, Pape, I know that you've done karaoke because that horrible woman, that harridan in Chicago, shared with me some tape, which she's never shared with you, of you doing, I think it was some foreigner. 
like urgent or something like that. I have it. It's let's archived. play it right now. Don't worry. Let's let's play <laughs> a voicemail from Andrew right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. We all have our secrets. Give and take, Christy. <laughs> you, if yours gets played, I'll think about it. Ha, Mike. You can cop to your dozens of felonies you've never told anyone about. Oh shit! I, I'm sorry. Oh darn! I didn't say dozens. There are many, um, and yeah, there's only there's only one that I've actually talked about uh, that that I was never charged with. But um, anyone else have anything on Tuesday? Oh, uh, Andrew confessed that he would he would like to do stand up. That was kind of a big yes, a big yeah. deal. It was. I didn't even notice it till Phyllis pointed out I was, Friday. I was about to say, just like everyone else, we should just forget about it until we get to Friday. Okay. Um, all, <laughs> all I'll right. note is that I don't know if anyone has gone to register Enlightened Golf Man on Twitter yet, but it was mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to happen. And Golf Man uh, should probably make it onto the TBTLism of the day list for a future episode. Oh, I'm, writing, I'm writing it down. Uh, I have a lot of golf man angst for a lot of reasons. <laughs> you are golf man. Just uh, wait until Andrew. In some ways, I am golf man. I'm also Spartacus, but, you know, my bloodlines are mixed. <laughs> Wednesday's show, 1829, Resting Beard Face, one of the best titles. Yes. In a while. Um, opened up with, will Luke buy a camper someday? Um, do you guys, I mean, did this story ring a ring? With either one of you guys, are you, are you camper people? I, I'm not a camper person. I like to go camping. Um, not in the Luke wanderlust major life decision right. sort of way. <laughs> More of in a, a few days in the wood with a cooler of beer and some fire sort of way. Well, this the story, it brought up a story for me because that trip when he went to Pemberton with – uh, DJ Tuna, her boyfriend, and Addie. They went to this music festival, and there was only one road going in, in and out. And Luke uh, saw some old guy who lived around there, and he was just enjoying the show. And he was fishing. And he thought, "Well, maybe someday I can be this guy, and I'll live somewhere you know beautiful like this, and I can just kind of sit back and watch the world go by." And that was the seed that eventually grew into the oak of him moving to Port Townsend. Um, how I can make this story about me. That's, that's what I really <laughs> thought. Uh, when, when Luke, w it was Monday and I had no idea. I think he'd said on Friday he was going to the thing. Um, but didn't even really register with me until I got a call at about five forty-five on Monday night from Jennifer. And she said, it doesn't look like Luke's going to make it. Can you come in and co-host with me? Oh, wow. And and I lived in I lived in Redmond, Christy. You know this. Yeah. Five forty five on a Monday no. night. Yeah. It's try not to get over five twenty. So I said, You got it. I'm on I'm on my way. I didn't want to tell her it was you know, it might not work. I just figured I could call her if it wasn't working. And I walked in to Cairo at about ten till seven and I think Luke walked in right behind me. Oh no. <laughs> no, no. Everyone was glad. I didn't have any idea what to do. And then it just became fun because I think I just sat in for the seven o'clock hour and, you know, uh, I might've even gotten a hug from Andrew from, sorry, <laughs> from Jennifer. I don't want a hug from Andrew. Hold the hug. Uh -huh. Andrew. Um, which is rare. It's rare. But, uh, but, 
but I, I thought how desperate must she have been to to call me. I'd been on the air maybe once or twice. I don't know. But she, she just didn't want to sit there and drink tea and right. wear a sweater and uh, hope for the best. So. What about the time? Remember the time when Luke slept in? Oh, yeah. And they, uh, he slept in past seven. <laughs> and Jennifer called him and he, or Vanessa woke him up and said, wait, At 7 p.m. for you new yeah, listeners. He slept in past 7 p.m. And Vanessa said, wait, aren't you supposed to be at work? And then he jumped up and um, called into the show <laughs> because it had already started. <laughs> I was like, we should find that one too. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was it. Was the, they made it a lot of fun? Let's just say that. So, um, let's see what else on Wednesday they had some snoring talk, which would have been more at home during like the Tuesday show. <laughs> I do, wanna- and then Andrew. They talked about resting beard face, RBF uh, syndrome, and Andrew called himself the angriest fat man in the world because he got a <laughs> glimpse of himself without expecting to in the mirror. And I thought that that must have been the first thing they rejected from the Dos Equis campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we could get a Guinness judge out to judge angriest right. fat man in the world. <laughs> they just hold a meter up to your face. Yes. Your re- to your resting, resting beard face. face. It's just you go into the hospital for tests, but it's you just stand on the treadmill. <laughs> you stand on, stand on the treadmill and, and just wait to glare at whoever walks in. With yeah, the it doesn't move. They just watch. Oh, <laughs> uh, So what else do they talk about? Um, Amazon buttons. Luke wants the ability to order Tide like immediately. You, you press the button on the actual product. Is that how that works? Or I- near – you post you put it near – where the product is held. They've taken oh what God. used to be reserved for old people who have fallen and can't get up. <laughs> and they have retrofitted it for people who need more Tide. Well, what I don't understand about it is, so you're going to have these all over your house where the product is. So it's not just one product. It's not just one button. It's a Tide button. It's paper towels. It's yeah. multiple products. That is terrible. If it was one button, what's kind of silly about it is everything. You, you you go you go through your week and say you have a hundred different buttons in your house, and there's twelve different buttons that you actually hit during that week. Well, then there's constantly one package after another coming to your door. You're constantly having to break down packages to you know for your right. everyday household items. And as a former criminal, what this put me in mind of is is like if this eventually really takes off and Stuff is just lining the streets all day long. Trucks are just delivering left and right all day long. Every little product you need one at a time. Boy, that's that's heaven for a criminal. Heaven. Hmm. Casing the house or stealing the products or all it of just, it. You just you you your partner just drives down the street and, and you just pick up packages, pick them up faster than they can put them down. Um, this may be because I'm starting to get old, but whatever happened to just going to the store? <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, Andrew really bored us with, with his going to the store story this week. I know, that's another place where Andrew and I differ. I hate going to the, the grocery store. It's the worst. I like going to the grocery store, but I'm not going to like tell you about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> Slow news week. Yes. I, I am trying to, I'm trying to take some of the heat off you, Christy. I'm really going after Andrew this week. Just, 
Because until we can actually hear this voicemail, Andrew I'm and really I are worried good. about your We'll just say, as Andrew and I are good now. That's that's good. And, and we'll, right at the end, the Easter egg will play it, and everyone will know everything's okay. Uh, so We'll see. Thursday's show, number 1830, The Landlords of Discipline. This was an interesting show. The, the week was really starting to, to heat up here. And the main reason is Andrew was telling a story about how he goes out on his balcony and smokes few cigarettes a night and his pain in the ass neighbor comes over from across the courtyard and he never quite tells him to stop. He tell, tells him it'd be nice if he went in the courtyard or whatever. And then, you know, Andrew had his reaction. Um, guys, where do you fall on the uh, smoking versus the kid noise or is, is any of it a valid argument? Should everyone just uh, retreat to their corners? I mean, what are your opinions? Christy? Well, I don't think comparing smells to noise, that doesn't seem um, valid, but also being passive aggressive, just say, hey, uh, the smell is bothering me. Can you move over there? But being passive aggressive about it is annoying. And then at that at that point too, Andrew could just say, no, I, I'm allowed to smoke here. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It, it'll just be 15 minutes a night. I'm sorry. Right. The, the two of them could awkwardly dance around resolving this for a very long time. But we got some podcast fodder, right? Content. Well, yeah. And let me say this about the cigarette thing. Uh, If you're a non-smoker, I've been a non-smoker my whole life. My mom smoked very heavily and I, it was disgusting to me. I've never taken a puff of a cigarette. So I'm really sensitive. I can smell it. And like our neighbors, uh, even when all of our windows, doors, everything closed up tight, when they step outside for a cigarette, you can smell it. When they step outside and smoke a little weed, you can smell it. And, you know, I, I'm not, and I'm never going to say, like, stop doing that or whatever. It's bothering me. But Andrew needs to know it is a fact that that smoke, no matter where you think it's going, it goes everywhere. Yeah. Maybe that's a solution for Andrew is that he should just switch to weed. <laughs> and then, and then if the person still complains, you know, they're an asshole. Yeah. Right. To me, that that's that cements your status as asshole. If you're if you get irritated at that, um, the loud kids. I don't. Why are we going to talk about the loud kids? I mean, they're kids. They run around and scream. That's what kids do. Yeah, I don't think there's there's no there's no fighting that. It just is what it is. Uh, uh, living in the city, as Andrew put it, or anywhere else where there is anyone else. And shouldn't Andrew just be able to throw that RBF face? You know, the RBF, yeah, I, RBF everyone. face, that's too much. His RBF <laughs> was flaring up at the beginning of Thursday's show. <laughs> Is there a cream like for that? Very active beard face at the beginning. Well, so how they, long they, until, uh, with all this boiling, um, how long till he moves back to Seattle? We should have hmm. a bet. That's interesting. My, my money my money is on when his lease is up, whatever that is. Six months, a year. Well, I don't know what... Uh, what Vives' situation is with LA now? She works from home in from a Seattle company. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that you may he may very well be thinking that's exactly what's going to happen, but you can't be sure, so you don't want to. Right. You know, once you go I'm Hollywood, come back to Seattle in four months, and then everything blows up, and he's either ten times more well paid, or they're all fired, and you just regret saying anything. Yeah, once you go Hollywood, can you go back? I mean, right now <laughs> in his neighborhood. He has a gym and a hot dog cart. At the gym, kind of, right? Kind of on the way. 
because we'll get into this a little more later. Pape is a world class stalker. Let's just say that if you think you're safe from Pape, you're not. You're just flat out not. <laughs> uh, so they did a maintenance Marty the maintenance man and Andrew role play, and it was more instructive than than comedic. I always hope that Luke though is going to like ask Marty the maintenance man if he can make him an americano and then somehow make it frothy. <laughs> What are you making over there, dude? Just pour the espresso in there. Let's move on, dude. Hashtag mind your own damn business on the side of the cup. All right. <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, so um, what else on Thursday, guys? Uh, there was the conversation about title, which I have zero interest in recapping. Oh, they did. Yeah, that was one of those where he didn't have a title. He just wrote down some timestamps, which are not so helpful when you're trying to. <laughs> oh no, no, that that's actually funny. No, I meant actually title uh, Jay Z's project. Oh right, right, right. I forgot about that. I was so I I hate music. So I'm, I'm sorry. I don't hate music. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I I very much uh, tune out when when music when the conversation turns to music. This all ended with an awkward. Beatles test for Andrew. Oh, which God, we all yeah. got remember, to listen to. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I was driving to the airport, driving back from the airport or whatever, and I just remember like I was just clutching the steering wheel. It's like, oh, come on, please stop doing this. On to Friday. <laughs> all right, I don't know how to pronounce it. Show eighteen thirty one. Do either of you guys? Can you help me out there? Cha cha. Chacha crunch juice. Oh yeah, because it rhymes with shut shut you. Right, sort right, of. Right, right. Okay. Anyway, Andrew is he was wheels up to Atlanta Saturday morning at six thirty, and uh, he, they were talking about Pape. I'm talking to you right here, not Petite Christie. <laughs> Getting the internet on the airplane as a man of larger carriage. Uh, if you have anything more than a tablet. Uh, don't bother getting the internet because the person in front of you is going to decline and or recline. And all of a sudden you have a very acute triangle of a laptop uh, <laughs> sitting in your lap. <laughs> the image of that is great. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I spent 1495 to kind of see a negative version from the very top of some movie that I've seen already. <laughs> Christy, you're you're enjoying the vision of that, but the person on the other side of the aisle for me has never enjoyed the vision of that. <laughs> As someone who is convinced he will get work done on a flight, and yet I never get work done on a flight. Never. Never. No. No, the, the best you can hope for is just you bust out your phone and you return a couple of emails before the before the flight takes off. And then, you know... God bless after that. Uh, big men, don't don't bother buying the internet. I just avoid uh, anything phone. that has to do with me being able to move my shoulders once. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. We we just did a couple um, shows about fat shaming over on the Takedown podcast. So you can visit a lot of uh, a lot of fatness over there. Yeah, Myself spent- and Jeremy, um, producer Jeremy, tell a lot of our fat stories. I spent a lot of time nodding and <laughs> – Silently <laughs> sobbing and agreeing. It's worth a listen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, emotions. Also, Luke has talked about this before, and I, I forgot to put it on the blog. 
the blog, which was wrested from me by Infinite Guest. Stewbot. I forgot to put uh, Stew. Stew. Yeah. Stewbot rested my blog. I love Stew, but I'm going to get it back someday. Uh, the emotions that you have when you're on a plane. I don't know if anyone else experiences this. I've heard Luke talk about it. I experience it when I see a work of art or a movie or I read something on the plane, it somehow is more profound and I do get more emotional. And I was thinking about one time I was flying down here to Austin to see Emily. It was like the third time I'd flown down here and I found myself getting really, really emotional and crying at the movie Wale. Wale? Is that the French (laughs) Wally? (laughs) No, I'm talking about the Pixar movie. Wally. About the, Right, Wally. Wally is that rapper. <laughs> Wally. Wally. Don't don't make me use my N word, guys. You just andered yourself. <laughs> right. Wally. 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 Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I had tears streaming down my face. It was so embarrassing. You know, especially because earlier in the flight, I tried to get the internet and then my laptop <laughs> closed on my cow catcher of a belly. So you only got to see the bottom part of Wally, anyways. <laughs> oh, no, no, that came up on the on the <laughs> screen of the asshole in front of me who was reclining. But don't worry, I scratched on his dandruff just to let him know I was there. <laughs> Gross. Uh, Andrew came up with another show idea, which uh, Chrissy, I want to get your opinion on. Okay. The family feud idea. He's going to collect some data and he's going to put everyone through a uh, game show. I loved this so much. For some reason, I I watched that. I don't remember. Was it on daily or was it on once a week back in the day in the 80s? But for some reason, I just knew that my family was going to be on it. And I would pick out who would be smart enough to be on my team at any kind of family function, which if you've heard my story on Takedown Podcast, there weren't that many. That would have been on the team. Um, Category is boxes of wine you might find in your trunk. <laughs> Jail sentences. <laughs> Cardboard O was the number one answer. <laughs> Outlet Malbec, number two with 24 votes. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I love this idea. In fact, I started, I, I wish I had come up with it. Well, because first of all, you know, I love a good spreadsheet. So I was just thinking of all the different spreadsheet opportunities he could have by making this. And then um, I also love a survey. So all of this just played into everything I love. Oh, no, this definitely has effective Google form written all over Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Christy hates the Google Docs. I do. She she only messes with the Excel. (laughs) Oh, okay. But all right. So uh, you're in favor of that. Are you willing to help Andrew with it? I mean, I guess it depends on the nature of that voicemail we're playing at the end. (laughs) <laughs> but you guys are good right so you can help them with that we're good yeah i would definitely help okay um the thing is um i had said about it on my favorite episode where i was supposed to be on the quiz i actually liked it better that i wasn't on the quiz because i got to enjoy it as a listener because i'm super competitive mm-hmm. so i would definitely help but i wouldn't want to be on i wouldn't want to have anything to do with it mm-hmm. Well, especially if it bombs, like most of Andrew's segments, you don't, you actually want to get distanced from it. I think, well, you know, well, Andrew made the point. He wants to be the Steve Harvey of TBTL. I like it's terrifying. the sexual innuendos that um, Luke and Andrew have been doing to each other lately. I, I'm a big fan of that. Like, cause he said, you just want to kiss and hug on me 
You know, do you remember that part? Am I alone? Oh, yeah. I do. Oh, I, I remember it vividly. <laughs> so th- that's one of my new favorite things. I think premium subscribers at the next TBTLathon are going to get the live video feed from their Skype call. Of Tickle Monster? Yeah, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people lately about their experiences in these uh, fundamentalist churches, and the, the the Tickle Monster thing is becoming more and more real to me as I hear these stories yeah. from people. It's like, uh, that's supposed to be funny, but I think that happened to like half the people that went to some of these churches. Yep. That and Jesus juice. Yeah. Well, that just makes, yeah, that, that helps you tune out and disconnect with your body during the, the tickle parties. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I made note of um, three new terms that we learned. Well, one is always one that Luke uses, which is FOMO, fear of missing out, which is, he said, mm-hmm. basically what he's lived his life up until moving to Port Townsend, which is he always, he never wanted to miss the party or miss the big moment of the night, which got him in trouble multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. And then he said his new one is funk, fear of not knowing, which Andrew replied he has FODA, fear of doing anything. <laughs> and that pretty much um, concludes both of their, wraps up both of their um, personalities, I think. That is our well, only couple, yes. <laughs> the the, the Fear of doing anything. I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Fear of not knowing. Yeah. You know, once you get a little older, you don't fear that as much. Fear of missing out. Yeah. That's long gone too. But fear of doing anything, that that's strong with me. <laughs> exactly. Uh oh, you you have something in your notes here, Christy, about Stu? Yeah, he he's stolen our thunder. He now does re- weekly or daily recaps of the show. So and, what do we need go, to do? Do we gosh need to take darn it, him out? They're funny too. That's what I really know. bothers me. Yeah, exactly. Do we need to take him out or do we need to sign him up? There's well, only I just two friended options. him on Facebook, you know, just, you know, so I can do. Keep the enemies usual, close. Keep your right. Enemies close. You know, do a little stalking. I think, and- I think he could be useful to us as tens getting on the inside of Infinite Guest. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll use it. Oh, He'll right. be a tool. Okay. Yes. Oh, Steve Nelson has, you know, a lot. He better just walk carefully around the office once we get in with Stu. Well, I, I like that um, Pape is already thinking with his cat roller mind. Get Stu on our side. <laughs> I didn't right. say anything. Right. <laughs> There's potential. Why would you ever imply that the person who's in charge of posting all the audio for Infinite Guest could help with that? <laughs> Redacted. So uh, TBTL and all all the fans are finally coming around to where I've been for a long time. They're all in love with Phyllis Fletcher. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she's welcome back anytime as far as I'm concerned. Well, and do you, what do you guys think? Do you think that they're trying to um, slowly bring her in as the third? What's your feeling, Pape? I don't know about full time, but I don't have a problem at all with TBTL having a third mic open. And I certainly think Phyllis is a great fit for it, uh, you know, whenever she's available. Well, what's great about her is she not only listens to the show, she listens. And if you're going to be funny with those guys, you can't just listen to the show. You have to listen to where you could fit in. And she definitely, I mean, she's in. Mm-hmm. She she gets in the cut every time. And, yeah, I hope it's a, at least a regular Friday thing. She's probably real busy. But, um, yeah, she's a delight. And she's just like having Chris Hayes on, you know, it's just 
someone from a different world, but they are a listener and they just have a lot to offer. I'm, I'm thrilled with her being I, I on agree. the show. The first thing I thought of, she was telling the stories of the first time she um, drank alcohol. And I just said, yeah, stop the show. Where do you get a root beer Slurpee? Because well, I was need that. Slurpee in what? Like Southern Comfort or something? What was the J- JD. Jack, I remember the guy pulled up and, okay, and he was making her drink it really fast. Yeah. Because that's what we gentlemen do. Well, you have to, I believe that she had to make room for the Jack. Right. You have to. Right. Oh, she had to drink the, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought we mixed the drink and then go, go, go. No. Of course, Slurpees also do have a, a limited shelf life, so. I'm sure she still had to drink it quickly after right. the Jack went in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gets basically some syrup at that point. Right. All right. Um, did you want to tell yours, Christy? When when did you have your first drink or when did you first actually get drunk? Either one. Oh, my first drink is boring. It, my dad graduated from college finally when I was nine years old and we had a champagne punch. My first drunk was at my great aunt and uncle's 50th wedding anniversary and everybody thought it was funny to get underage christy wasted on tequila shots and i've never been able to drink tequila again yeah and it, it was my first drunk and first hangover wrapped in one i'm not much of a drinker either yeah yes babe how about you much like luke and andrew I also don't have a particularly great first drink or drunk story. I really don't remember my first drink. We didn't have a lot of drinking going on in the house. And my ultimate Frisbee friends in high school were busy with Mountain Dew and junk food, (laughs) garbage, garbage plates. You know, there's no room for beer after you've had a garbage plate. So, Oh no. uh, You know, I have some memories of, of freshman year in college. I had a good hookup. And so I had a solid bar in my dorm room freshman year, but it was relatively controlled. And um, one night of sort of staggering around the dorms after too much Southern comfort, which I have not had since. So that's my, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone has one alcohol that they, they make a mistake with and don't go back to. Yep. And mine is Soko. Yeah. Um, my first sips, I guess, uh, I don't remember exactly, but my, my parents used to just have huge arguments. My dad would come home from work. They'd have these huge arguments. And then my dad would usually just grab me and we'd go to a movie or a Sonics game or something like that. And he always had a six pack of Olympia tall boys under the seat uh, to drink on the way and on the way back or whatever. Like you, know, you do. Wherever he decided to go. Oh, don't you judge <laughs> over there. <laughs> and so I just remember having a few sips on those. But the first time uh, I actually got drunk, I was about 12 maybe 13 at the most. And my brother used to buy a lot of illegal fireworks and he was a homeowner at a very young age for a reason we can get into another time, but he was a homeowner. He was 18. I think I was 13. And, um, he had a big party at his house on the 4th of July and he had all these illegal fireworks and we were setting them off in the churchyard across the street from, from his house. And they needed someone who, uh, was fast and stupid and needed approval and, you know, Mark's little brother was that guy. So I lit off all the fireworks that night. And my reward was getting to drink a bunch of Rainiers and uh, and getting drunk for the first time. It was fantastic. Is that the time memory. you peed in your boots? No, no. I peed in my boots when I was, uh, it was my first week, maybe not my first day, but my first week of first grade. I peed in my, my favorite cowboy boots. <laughs> and I just, I just ran home because I lived a block and a half away. And I... 
took the boots off and I and, and my pants and threw them over the fence into my neighbor's backyard, woodsy backyard, and uh, just went back to school. But I did put pants and shoes on before I went back. So. Back to the actual content of Friday's show. Not to be the interloper here. It's your show. <laughs> no, please. I, I just, because I think both of you are, are fairly modest, I will be the one to mention that Luke and Andrew did give this podcast a nice shout out toward the end of the show. Oh, right. They played our new drop, <laughs> your new drop. Oh, yeah. Let, let's, play, let's play that drop now. Jeremy, can you play the drop? You can't ride in my little red bandwagon. I really like it. That's I mean, a- they, they kind of uh, shit on it a little bit saying it was low rent, but... <laughs> Well, but no, I, actually, I well, fabulous. they said it would, they said it blew your budget, which is true. Sarcastic, I mean, though, we Kate. paid to do this podcast right now. Oh, true. So technically everything blows our budget. Well, I thought it was some dynamo editing by Jeremy. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what about the voice <laughs> acting? Uh, top notch. Thank you. Yeah. Can we get one more take, but braver? <laughs> How about a little bit more beard angry? <laughs> Please. Let's have a look at your face while you're saying it. Oh, rough. And it's also worth mentioning that Andrew brought up a certain voicemail. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. This is when right. he actually did bring it up. Right. And, and, and folks, we've been promising it. It's going to pay off. We'll play it at the end of the show. It mm. is your Easter egg. So stay tuned. <laughs> After the music, you will hear Andrew's voicemail to, to Christy. Right after Pape's karaoke song. We don't need Christy's approval so much as we need Jeremy's action after Christy falls asleep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Christy, we're just going to have to play it. I mean, it's all anybody really has gotten this far anyway. We're going to get into the history of cat rolling. Finally, we'll do something entertaining because talking about last week's shows, holy Christ, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. One last, one last thing I wanted to note is that um, Luke talks often about his school, Jesus Creek, and he never has, well, he's one other time has given the actual name of the school, but he said it to Phyllis this week. North Seattle Christian. It is a defunct school, so it doesn't exist, which, I mean, is anyone surprised? (laughs) No. It is, and what's interesting, too, is not only is that school that Luke, that school that Luke went to defunct, but the broadcast journalism school at the University of Washington that both he and I went to for many, many good reasons, is defunct as well. So you're just destroying everything in your paths. Yes. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Come on. you Like three people in my class actually made it into the broadcast business, and I robbed banks. So what kind of a class is that? <laughs> so pretty good odds. My guess is in those years, you made more money than they did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive I made more money than anyone in my class during those years. <laughs> Fuck, oh, excuse me. Positive, Aiden. I'm positive. <laughs> All right, so the reason we have Bobby on tonight is to get a brief history of cat rolling. People are really curious about this. They want to know when when you and I got involved, how involved I am, how much you've done on your own. I mean, we just need – we need you to teach us a class. Tell us the history of cat rolling and then we'll play some some clips of when they, got, when they really got got. Certainly, certainly. Um First and foremost, uh, it's important to remember that two things. One, this started with Luke. This started with Luke messing with Andrew. And so the inspiration came straight from the show. This was not, this was not an outsider 
piece of art coming in. Uh, he well, and the evidence of that too, Bobby, is on marsupialgurgle.com, Lin Pham's sound effects site. There are at least nine uh, instances there of Luke getting Andrew just just quick clips, something like that. Uh, just the number of times that Andrew fell for it, just remarkable. And yes, Lynn's done a spectacular job, deserves so much credit for keeping the archive of those moments at marsupialgurgle.com. Uh, and so go check them all out there. Uh, but, but what happened for me, uh, just in this, this want to get involved and this want to sort of be a troublemaker interloper. Oh, the second thing to remember, there are dozens of us. I, I can't <laughs> reveal everything. And I also can't reveal anything about future cat rules that may be in the works, but mm-hmm. some classics I can talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll just talk about what's, what's been done. I mean, the, the meetings, you know, it is what it is. We, we get on Skype beans there. Bruce Perky's there. Chris, Chris Hayes. Hayes is always there, but, but he's always on speaker. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> well, he's a busy man. Yeah. But come on. If you can't, if you don't have time, for the meeting, for the cat roll meeting, just don't attend. Look, someone has just to go be, to Brooklyn just, and tour sewage waste treatment <laughs> water plants as part of evening news. I, I get it. I get it. He has a lot going on. You know, me and Bean, we're just sitting around with our dogs in our underwear. You know, what are we doing? The apology uh, voicemail from from uh, Chris Hayes is the one that I want to hear at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. We'll play that next week. But this week – uh, gentle listener, look forward to the Andrew voicemail at the end that's of the right. show. I'm sorry for interrupting you. That, Bobby. That's all right. So there was an episode when 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 Andrew was at KCRW and he was working out of a studio that had uh, a cassette tape in it, and he decided to be brazen and play it uh, sight unseen or or unheard, I suppose, and it ended up being some sort of weird jazz cassette, uh, and that planted a seed in my mind that if Andrew was willing to play a cassette on air once. <laughs> As the dog returneth to his vomit, so does the fool to his folly. I didn't say it. He might be willing to do it again, or at least if he was presented with a mystery cassette that he might play it and and things couldn't have worked out better. I let the I let the moment cool for a couple of weeks. Not intentionally, but because I went to several different electronic stores while running errands and could not find a goddamn cassette tape to -hmm. save my life. I finally had to order one uh, on Amazon. Damn. (laughs) It was a a dollar. How much was the shipping? (laughs) Uh, I have Amazon Prime. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, as par- as part of the Fire TV, a local celebrity sold me. Just don't don't start hitting that cassette button. So, so I got the cassette tape, and I found an old cassette recorder, and I I literally held a Bluetooth speaker up to a cassette tape recorder, recorded the tape. You may remember that I put a nice little treat at the end after the original cat roll. Well, yes, right. So. We should we should just listen to the to the uh, to the tape because because right. Andrew played it on there. If I'm to be hysterical out there, I need my 
I need my various crutches and tools that I have here. So, oh, I like to think that I'm one of your little crutches. Well, you are, and I had to and do the tool. show. I had to do the show. We know you're a tool. I had to do the show with Sons Andrew. Also, many of the days because when I was available to record, you weren't available. So. That's a that's a long way of saying thank you to everybody for being so patient um, and, and with the shows of the last couple of weeks and um, we're back on track with our normal shows and I'm very excited uh, not the um, least of all because Andrew I understand that you have a mysterious item that was mailed to you was this mailed mm-hmm. to you at uh, KCRW. Yeah. So I get, I'm always excited when I get mail here at KCRW, which is strange because I mean, I'm getting it a little bit more frequently now, but when I, you know, when you work on a a talk show, a radio talk show or whatever, you know, and you can attest to this, Luke, we've talked about it before, you just end up getting kind of flooded with books and everything is just kind of constantly coming over the transom, usually books, pardon me, the occasional CD or movie as well. And, um, when you start a new job, it's always a little bit disconcerting because you're not, you know, you're not on everybody's list yet or they don't know you've moved or whatever. So I was getting nothing in my mailbox for a long time. And now, like uh, the rest of my colleagues, I, after the show, I will often have a couple of, you know, packages sitting on my desk waiting for me. And it seriously always makes me a little bit giddy. I never know what's inside. It always feels a little bit like Christmas. And so one was clearly a book and I opened it up. I can't remember what the book was. The other one, though, I, I knew before I even... Um, before I even opened it up, that it was a cassette tape. I could feel it. I shook it. I shook it in, a, in through the envelope, and I could hear that it was a cassette tape. So right away, I was pretty excited about it. And then I look at the return address, and it just says, Radio Department. <laughs> Uh, and then an address. It doesn't say what radio department. I thought maybe it was a studio or something, but it came from Boston. So um, I open it up, and I unwrap it, and sure as heck, it is a cassette tape, very carefully um, protected with some tissue paper in there. Um, And there is no note. There is no label on the cassette tape. It is just in this blank uh, plastic, you know, case. No labeling at all. And then just a, let's see, what kind of a tape is this? This is a Memorex, um, you know, a Maxell 90-minute UR position type normal cassette tape. So you and have that was no it. idea what is on this tape. You you have not. I do now. I'm not going to lie. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to fake it for the podcast. I did. It took me a long time to find a studio that was open that actually had a cassette <laughs> player in it. And so it's actually did, slightly uh, amazing. I mean, we've done this before, and maybe this was part of the inspiration. Was mm-hmm. that um, uh, a couple weeks ago you uh, were just saw a cassette tape languishing in a cassette player in one of mm-hmm. the studios you were in, so we just started playing it. I believe it had some jazz on it and, and uh, mm-hmm. progressive political talk. Uh, yes, I or some scene, and I believe this might be the. So we know that uh, we know that the radio station does have at least one studio with a cassette player in it. Yes, and that is the studio that I'm in uh, again now, but this studio was taken up all day today, and I was dying to hear it was on this cassette, and I told all my colleagues about it, and um, we did do a Google on the address, so I had a sense, started to have a sense of uh, where this came from, but I still didn't um, I still didn't know what was on it. So I do know what's on it now. I don't, I'm not going to just fake that. I, I snuck into a studio, and I finally found out. And the question is, do you want to know, or should we just move on? Let's just move on. Yeah, yeah, uh, we got a uh, TBTL top story for you. People don't like my tweets enough. 
Yeah, we should probably go back to the cassette thing. Okay, yeah, what's on the cassette? <laughs> that really <laughs> okay. is, the, but that is actually the top <laughs> story. I know. <laughs> we love, maybe we should save this for the end just to get through <laughs> that people don't like our tweets enough talk. All right, see, so here it is. I'm going to hit play on this. Wait, thing, wait, okay? wait. Can I try to guess? Okay. You can, but if you guess right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna indicate one way or another if you're right or wrong. Okay, you just guess. Is it music or spoken word? Um, it is. Oh, uh, I think that's gonna be less. It's. Um, okay, it's gonna be less fun if you tell me. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna try to do so. a little. I'm gonna do a little Holmesian deduction, Watson. Uh, okay, and I'm not going to make any noise indicating whether or not okay. you're right or wrong. It's from Boston, and I'm going to assume that it is from a Boston radio station. So, and I'm I'm going to th- let's see. I wonder if it isn't a. I promise you, if I guess this right, I don't mm-hmm. want you to think that I have a tip because I really have not mm-hmm. had any indicator. But I'm wondering if it's if if um if uh. uh Who's Barabajagal? What's his name? Is that guy's name? I'm actually not sure. You mean on our football league? Who sings? No, who sings Barabajagal? Oh, <laughs> Donovan. Is it a Donovan interview on a Boston public radio station? Hmm. I told you I'm not going to tell you. You want right. me to hit play? Yes, just hit play. Okay. You can hear that tape hiss. Yes, I love it. Have you heard this before? I was right. It's Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear. Like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get the cassette studio today, and I wasn't sure if I was going to have to just play it to you off of the web. But I'm so glad I got the actual cassette player studio, because you can hear how warbly and cassette it is. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, so help me understand this. So this was actually mailed to you, or this was all an elaborate setup to burn me? Because, by the way, full marks. That no, absolutely blindsided me. I wish it was to burn you, but no, this was somebody cat-rolling me. Did it work on physically? you? Physically. Well, I sure, I sure didn't know what it was going to be. I thought it was going to be somebody maybe with a, a, a special message. I thought immediately maybe it does have something to do with the fact that there's um, that I played that cassette a while back, and maybe this was somebody who was hoping I would play it again without like reviewing it first. So what was I'll your, tell you what. Let me, so, let me, let me also yeah. mention, because... Um, I was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this weekend, and often mm-hmm. when that happens, we have a, a, a few new people that, that kind of find the show. And mm-hmm. uh, so <laughs> I don't know how, but this silly little game has evolved on the show where I have many times uh, played this cat <laughs> Game of Thrones theme for Andrew when I had said I was going to play some piece of news tape or something relevant to what we were talking about, and we've started calling it cat rolling. Obviously, uh, a reference to uh, the old uh, Rick Rolling. So, uh, I, I so so you were getting <laughs> cat rolled by one of the listeners. True story. Oh, <laughs> the tape goes on. Who's the pictures in this game? That's George Brett. Oh, that's a great finish too. That's what George Brett says at the very end of his "I I shit my pants" wow. story. True story. Who's the pictures in this game? Uh, so, what was your what went through your mind? What was your physical reaction when you sat in a studio in Santa Monica, California, and put in this tape and were j- just got? Did you just get burned? 
I yeah, I got I I I think the the word or the term that came to mind was son of a bitch. <laughs> I think that was the. I think that was like I. I gotta admit, like I was a little. And we can figure this out because it, we, I googled the address ahead of time, or actually a colleague did. Can you email Jolie? Me I've address. mentioned her before, yes. and um, because th- so it didn't have a name on it, but um, will you email but, me the address? Yeah, well, we Googled it, and it's WGBH. Oh, okay. So I can just straight up tell you that. WGBH so, Boston, okay. Yeah, so this is a listener, and I'm trying to think. Our our buddy Robert doesn't work there, right? Mm-hmm. Robert P., I don't want to say his full name, I who does a lot of the um, so. sleuthing. I don't think he's from there. It's somebody that I know I've emailed with back and forth, and I'm sorry, oh. this person's probably really insulted right now, because I swear that I've emailed back and forth with somebody who works at GBH. Okay. I just can't remember. Can't remember who. This is where you need a real Jen Andrews and not an Andrews Walsh. WGBH. Uh, I'm going to go through some TVTL emails here and see. Yeah, that. good idea. I have no emails from WGBH, uh, mm-hmm. um, but 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 maybe I've heard from this person as well. I just have to say that is great. I wish that I would have thought of that. <laughs> I really do. I'm I'm so jealous that uh, that they thought of that's just now. You, I know you were probably bummed too because you were like. You were really hoping there was just something fascinating on the tape, not on like a, Don- I, a Donovan. Yeah, interview. I was hoping it was going to be like, um, I don't know what I was hoping. I was really hoping it was going to be a listener voice saying, hey, Andrew, I, I don't know what I wanted the person to say, but I wanted it to be, um, I, yeah, I'm not finding any WGBH in my uh, TBTL email either. Um I don't know what I wanted it to be. And then when I heard it was this, like, again, like, I can't, like, right now, it's absolutely perfect, obviously. Yes. Right? Like, I have no complaints about this at all. I think this is absolutely brilliant. But my initial reaction was, ah, just the Game of Thrones sung by oh, cats. It's so, and, and the, the fact perfect. that the tape has no, see, his, what I would have done, because I am a inveterate Lily Gilder, uh, is I would have, um, which, by the way, uh, is uh, is not as um, euphemistic or whatever as it sounds. I just mean I always killed the lily uh, too much. So I I would have written like some kind of a thing on there to try to make it look like it was mm-hmm. like I would have written you know Donovan outtake or something, and then mm-hmm. I probably would have done something that would have actually aroused suspicion. It takes an, a tremendous amount of self control on the part of whoever this listener is to just submit without comment. Yeah, I, and just like totally mysterious because that's what got me. So I mean, I, it was great because I couldn't get into a studio for like an hour. So I'm like walking <laughs> around with this blank tape, like telling everybody I know, like, oh, look at this God. crazy. So thing. then you had to also explain to them what the hell yeah. this even is about. Yes, yes. So that's what just happened, like right before the show started, like a, a moment ago. Um, uh, my friend, colleague Melissa, who works in the production side here. Um, she, uh, I had told her, I was like, I was looking for a studio. She was working in a studio and I poked my head into, I'm like, there's no cassette in here. And, she, and she's like, no, I'm like, I just got this thing. And I told her the whole story. I got this thing. And she's like, that is so weird. And I was like, well, when I figure it out, I'll let you know. She's like, please do. And then, you know, uh, cut to, um, <laughs> now, like, let's say three or four hours later, I'm looking for a studio to do TBTL in. And, um, I pass her and she's like, what was it? What was it? And I was like, oh, it's 
gonna it's a long story. I was like, I'll just play it for you. <laughs> She's a Game of Thrones person, so I knew that she would probably have heard, so I just put it in. I'm like, listen, I'll just play it for you and then explain it later. And so I play it for her and she's like, oh, it's the Game of Thrones cat thing. I'm like, yeah, and you, I don't know if you know this, I work on this podcast every night. She's like, oh, yeah, I think you might have mentioned that. I was like, yeah. So my friend who I do the podcast with, every now and then he'll <laughs> pretend like he's setting up a piece of tape. But then he plays the Game of Cats the song. He kind of, you know, it's kind of like Rick rolling, only it's cat rolling me, and it makes me mad. And so some listener apparently, um, you know, did this on a cassette tape. I think it came from GBH, and she just said... Yeah, that is hard to explain. No, no. <laughs> and she wasn't even trying to be a jerk. I mean, no. she's a, she's great. She's absolutely great. Like she wasn't being a jerk, but I was just kind of like, yeah, oh, that no. that doesn't really translate that well. It just doesn't. It's just it's one of those things where it's just too hard to explain. Well, I have to say that like, um, as far as like basically diabolical audio bombs, yeah, that could be that could be released upon you. That's pretty genius and also um, pretty pretty benign. It's like I think I'll keep it as well. You should, and I, I really think now the next thing is, and you're not going to enjoy this um, this challenge to the listeners, Andrew. But I think now the challenge is just for people to cat roll you in the most unexpected of ways. Mm. Like I want someone to pull up next to you <laughs> with their car with the window down, just cat roll you. Some like someone just to lie in wait. Oh as you're my driving, god! As you're driving down. Some street leaving work or, or whatever, um, or just you know, just when you uh, like, what would be really great is if I could somehow collaborate with a musical artist who you love, and then you <laughs> go to their show, and then when they're about to play a song, they just cat roll you. Yeah, I'm gonna walk into a bar one of these days. <laughs> I'm gonna order a beer, and all of a sudden, that's gonna come on the jukebox. Somehow. I need to. Somebody needs to befriend the bartenders at the kibitz room. Yes, yes, <laughs> gonna hit you right where you live. Mm-hmm. Or um, Frank and Hanks. Ah, yes. You're Frank and Hank. It's not Frank and Hanks. Somebody just corrected me. It's Frank and Hank. Um, that's also, by the way, where I buy all of my leather gloves and mm-hmm. my bowler hats. Is that Frank and Hank? I, I just go in usually and I just say, I want something that says leather daddy. <laughs> I want something that says the streets of Tokyo. <laughs> and I don't need anyone's approbation. That Frank was classic and at the time it was the gold standard of cat rolls my f- are you a prankster for real i mean or is this a just a just a one time thing for you i don't i don't go through my life looking for opportunities to prank you're just good at it naturally i yeah. have my moments and this was just one of them i got lucky um i do have a couple of things going for me one i love mailing people things <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I I have received me, at least a couple. Me things as well. I think it's it's just part of well uh, embracing Jen Andrews. I'm trying to save the post office. Okay. Um, mm. And also a funny note about that. So my day job, my office is in the same building as WGBH. And when I first moved in there, I did email Andrew. That's the public radio station in Boston, right? I did email Andrew to say, hey, do you know anyone here? Should I go make friends with anyone? And and when he mentions on the tape we just heard corresponding with someone at GBH but not remembering who, it was me. (laughs) And that was his hint, and it just went past him. Yeah. Can I I ask a question about this? Um, You came up with this idea from hearing hearing the bit about the, the jazz cassette in the studio. Did you reach out to Mike, or did you do this all on your own? This was, 
this was me. I think after I did it, I may have sent Mike a picture of the package. Okay. Yeah. Which I do yeah. still I, have. I, I, knew, I knew when the wheels were in motion. I knew before the reveal, but he didn't tell me before he executed his part. Okay. Never, never over-promise and under-deliver. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I couldn't have been happier. The fact that Andrew spent the better part of a day explaining to all of his colleagues that he had gotten this cassette tape and didn't know what was on it. It had to find a studio he could play it in. <laughs> and then had to go back around and tell everyone what it was. Yes. That <laughs> That's actually made me even happier. <laughs> well, you see, there's a bunch of assholes and they, they don't like me and they are tricking me. Um, so ah. <laughs> there's this thing, there's a podcast and then there's this cat rolling. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of a Rick Astley, but all right, Rick Ashley. But but Obama follows me on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, what I loved about this, besides it being cat rolling and um, tricking Andrew, was it reminded me of the old segment when Sean got all those eight track tapes from a listener. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. I have heard that. I remember that. It cracks me up. Between it's a, it's a combination of that time and when they got the sound of what an early caveman would have sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such a huge buildup. <laughs> that was the sound. Those two segments still crack me up. And that's what this reminded me of. So after that, too, Luke, he just dared everyone to catrol Andrew at that point. It became not like his thing. It became everybody's thing. Now, as far as social media recruitment tapes go, having Luke do that was essentially uh, the best thing that could have happened to my campaign. Yeah. It called everybody into question. We got Twitter <laughs> links coming no. from celebrities Being, in the TBTL yeah. universe. He, Andrew was scared to click on anything. Yeah, like the production quality of TBTL needed anything else to hurt it <laughs> than a producer who wasn't reading anything. <laughs> <laughs> scared of news stories. <laughs> well, how do you want to do the next one, Bobby? Do you want to play the play the clip, or do we want to set it up at all? The only setup I'll give is that um, it was football season, and so in addition to the cat rolling, uh, we had also picked up a new song from this terrible Cleveland band about the badassery of the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Right, dirt. dirt. <laughs> I wasn't going to say their name because they don't deserve the attention. No, no. Let's actually, Jeremy, play a little clip of Dirt right now. Like, once again, it's the Dirt. Coming to you live, Cleveland style. Letting you know what the Browns are all about. It's the Cleveland Browns, baddest team in the league. Hitting you so hard, never make you bleed. Coming at your heart with all the tools. Making other teams look like fools. Our D likes to eat up QBs and kick us. So that's legitimately terrible. I mean, yeah. that... That in it is terrible as the Browns itself, is terrible enough, but yeah, it cat roll preceded it. So, uh, so we want to just play it now. Yeah, let's play the clip. Hey, listen, I'm gonna uh, once again, I need to hijack the show for a second here because it's kind of related. And there's something that there's something I need to tell you on the show today that I haven't been able to tell you yet. And I didn't tell you off air either. So, can you mind Ooh. if I just kind of interject here? Now, I'm gonna yes. start with the story that you already know. But uh, as I said earlier, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So the part of the story you do know is something that did kind of a kind of a public shaming that happened to me online today, <laughs> in a way. In a way, attempted uh, we had public, men- public shaming, I believe. Y- yes, and we had mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago, probably one of the best cat rollings of me. We don't. Do we have to explain what cat rolling is at this point? Uh, it's where somebody tricks you into hearing the uh, Game of Thrones theme meowed by a cat, which exactly is, is a is a really fun. It's a fun uh, trick to try to pull on you. It's something that you started doing on the show. You would pretend like you were setting up a piece of tape, and then you would play that meow, 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 meow um, song for me, and I would get angry, disproportionately <laughs> angry, which is probably how this whole thing started. And then um, the um, the ant- the ante kept on getting raised. Um, uh, Bean of the Kevin and Bean show sent something like, you're going to love um, Brian Hoyer after you read this article. And I clicked on it, and it was the, the cat theme song. Um, after that, I got a blank cassette tape in the mail from parts unknown somebody went through the trouble of actually putting the cat song on this blank tape and cat rolled me in that way <laughs> that was well that was the piece de resistance as far as i'm concerned so today bean the kevin and bean show tries to do it again to me he uh, tweets at you and copies me as a lot of people do when it's tbtl related stuff that even fox news was taking your side in your version of Gamergate, this which, uh, by the way, which by the way made perfect sense to me. I was like, of course, those, of course, those out of touch old fools would agree with my out of touch old fool argument here. Right, exactly. And I was going to click on it until I saw a bunch of other people say, including our guest blogger this week at tbtl.net, um, uh, uh, Drew McFrizz, who was kind of like, "Great one, Bean." You got him this time or something like that. So, of course, I didn't click on it. However, I was a little bit perturbed to see that then our favorite – no, I can't say our favorite because we now have a couple of people blogging. Our, 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 our dear pal, Mike Frizzell, tried to publicly shame me on Facebook by saying, what? look how Andrew got cat rolled by Bean. And I was kind of like, no, I didn't get cat rolled because you kind of ruined it. So if there's a little edge to my voice – a little pettiness, well, wait, a little but, but petty see, grievance. But here's the thing. You sound – I mean really you should be happy that you avoided a cat rolling. I mean it's sort of like – you know. But is you it, were, does it matter if everybody thinks I got cat rolled? <laughs> so this is something that you feel is a disre- it's disrespectful if people Maybe, think that but you that's, got cat rolled. The point of the story is not even that though. I just okay. wanted to set the record straight on that. Okay. I wanted to mention by the way that I did get cat rolled by – I didn't actually get – here's what happened. I got fooled to the degree that I was sitting on the airplane waiting for it to take off or whatever. I see the tweet. I click on the link and then as soon as I'm clicking on the link, I'm realizing, oh, wait a minute. Oh, is this – am I – and then it you know, populated the YouTube page. So Mm -hmm. I got got with it. So if if that's any consolation to Bean and – and uh, and and Mike Frizzell, what were you? Um, what, what was your larger point you wanted to make, though? Well, have you ever seen one of the? Oh, I know you have. You know how in um, like mobster movies, like let's say Casino or something like that, there's always the classic scene where somebody gets in their car and turns on the ignition, and then the yes. car explodes. Yes, that happened to me today with the what? cat theme song. Yeah. Do you know wait, about this? I'm trying to figure out if you're no. playing dumb or not. No, I'm, no, no. Wait, I got cat no, rolled in real life today behind the wheel of my car. What? How what? How are we talking about water usage for 87 minutes on the show when 
You got in your car, you turned your car on, and the Game of Cats theme started playing? Oh, it's better than that. The Game of Cats song started playing for about 15 seconds, and then it was automatically switched over to the um, Cleveland band Dirt's song about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> what? Am I hallucinating right now that this really happened to you? This really happened to me this morning. Now, so for all of my complaining about Drew McFrizz, who this has his fingerprints all over it. If he didn't do this directly, he knew about this. So of all of my complaining about him bragging about me being catrolled when really I wasn't on Twitter, I actually was catrolled probably by him in some weird way in real life in my car at 6 a.m. in the morning. Wait a second. Hold on. Stop the show. <laughs> um, so you got in your car this morning. You start up the car, and out of your radio is playing the Game of Cats theme. Exactly what happened. For about How 10 or 15 it, was, seconds. Was there a CD in the car? That is exactly what it was. There was a CD in the car. Somebody, I'm still trying to figure out if you're playing dumb here, but I don't think you are. Somebody made a CD that began with the Game of Cats song for, and then for about 15 seconds and then switched to the horrible sound of that Cleveland <laughs> hardcore band playing a song about Browns. Oh, my God. That's the greatest thing Somebody ever. got that in the hands, clearly, of my girlfriend, who yeah. came home from a comedy show last night after I was already in bed. So she had plenty of time to do it while uh. I was sleeping. And I don't know. I haven't talked to her about this yet. I, she's not home yet. I'm doing this podcast <laughs> from home tonight. If she comes in and I can put the microphone in front of her face, maybe I can get her to talk about it. I don't know if she'd be comfortable with that. Wait, but it was okay, one of those so. moments where you're kind of like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's a good cat roll. Whoever <laughs> is behind that, I, a, tip of, a tip of my hat and a raise of my uh, middle finger just because I have to, to <laughs> well, you. Well, that's how you tip your cap. You personally. Right, exactly. Well, all finger. the other ones, I lost them in the war. And that's Wait. the only one that's... that's Wait the- a second. Now, hold on. Here's another... Th- I, I'm sorry. I need to just... Like, I need some time with this with this experience you had. So you turn on the car. Your, your brain is completely elsewhere because it's 6 in the morning. You're about to go into work. You're thinking about the whiteboard. You're thinking about the show. You turn over the ignition. And you just go like... Do you just, like, just yell, fuck? What did you do? I think I sighed heavily. <laughs> oh, God, I wish that they would have been videotaping you. As far as I know, they were. That would be even... the next level. A telescope, uh, like, a, a, a whatever, telephoto lens of you in the moment when you're getting catrolled at 6 a.m. in Koreatown. I got to say... Good job on that one. Good job on that one. I, uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, we remember the, the, I was, one of the first times I got pranked long before this cat rolling thing came around. My girlfriend is not a prankster, usually. And in this case, I, I know that she was merely a puppet of some sort of larger uh, 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 team of underground, right. you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I'll call them, I'm going to use the word terrorist. Yeah. I don't know if. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But anyway, um, you remember on uh, April Fool's Day last year, for the first time in our 13-year relationship, she decided to pull an April Fool's prank on me by um, painting the bar of soap in the bathroom completely on the outside with clear nail polish. And I'm just kind of like – 
And I was just like, you know, scrubbing away, and it's not, it just wouldn't suds up, it wouldn't suds up, it wouldn't suds up. And the whole time, even by the time I got out of the shower, I'm just like, no, no, soap, soap's broken. I, I can't, you know, I was <laughs> scratching through the surface. I honestly just thought, well, I got a bum bar of soap. I guess uh, you live 38, 37 years, that's going to happen. Uh, but uh, you're going to get brain some hop-ons, and you're going to get a couple of bum bars of soap. You're going to get a dud or two of Irish spring. Um, but uh, so, you know, your brain just isn't working that much in the morning. I feel like I was relatively – I put it together pretty quickly. But it just was one of those things. Like obviously I know that song really well. It, it comes up all the time. But it's just like for a moment you're just like – it's just – I think it's the definition of cognitive dissonance, Right. Like, it's just something that was happening at a time when it shouldn't be happening, but it seemed familiar at first until you're just like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) And then you let it go long enough, because I would have just turned it off immediately, but you let it go until the band Dirt came on with their Cleveland Browns song. You listen that long. Which, yeah, no, so I think that, and I I just took the CD, you know, I took the CD out, I put it in the, um, I put it in my little side in the side of my door and just drove on and thought, thought I'll, I'll think about this more later. And then I haven't really given it much thought today, but I feel like I never went back and re-listened to it, but I feel like the, it feels like the cat song only went on for about, like I say, 10 or 15 seconds. And I think if I'm right about that, that's the brilliance of this person. Cause that song is long. It goes on for what? 90 seconds, possibly two, two or two and a half minutes. It's um, 90 seconds. That feels like 90 hours. Right, exactly, and I know, and they they didn't play it that whole time because I would have stopped it. They knew to, that I was going to stop it pretty quickly. And right. honestly, you know, it is a worse sound than that cat song, the dirt song. <laughs> so at whatever point, like before I shut it down, all of a sudden it just started like blaring that um, that heavy metal brown song from the Cleveland band Dirt. Um, so I thought you should know that that happened to me. That's how I started my day. That is um, that is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Oh my god! Whoever did that, and if it was if it was Mike, I I honestly think that he and Bean colluded. Although I guess it doesn't really make. I was going to say they colluded on, like it's that whole like old trick where like you pretend that the you know jailer caught you trying to escape, but really. That um, this is – I'm not making a very good analogy here. But basically like it was an intentional thing that they wanted you to catch them trying to cat roll you online to get your attention away from the fact that you were going to be cat rolled mm-hmm. in your own car. But that doesn't make sense because the cat rolling in your car occurred before the thing online, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, and I would even say like I wonder if Bean would have been involved in this operation, you know, CD cat roll. But I don't think so. I Because you know what? Because I don't there – are, there aren't very many people who know about this or who would be in on this who n- would know how to contact Genevieve without me putting them in touch with her. And Mike Frizzell is one of the only people I think who would be able to get through to my girlfriend without me knowing it. <laughs> I think, although God knows. Wow. I don't trust anybody anymore. That's amazing. That is uh, – that. that's just that, – that made my entire day. No question about it. I might be in a – courtyard by marriott or whatever this thing is um i might be going down to the bistro later to eat drink and connect where they offer you, a refreshing opportunity five you might be off. defending your life i may be defending my life which uh you mentioned uh is uh to me off air is now also available uh on youtube so i could all of that's going to be happening for me tonight but it's all going to be happening with the joy and warmth in my heart that can only come from knowing that you 
got cat rolled so hard. My favorite part of that clip is Luke laughs and I mean, he laughs all the time and it's, you know, he's not a fake laugher, but when you really get him, he, his, his voice almost disappears. His laugh almost completely <laughs> disappears. And it happens like three or four times when he learns of this cat rolling. And I actually believed from Luke's reaction that this was the first time they talked about that, um, that car bomb cat rolling. I have to give Andrew a lot of credit on this. He could have warned Luke or he could have chosen to just not bring it up <laughs> as dramatically as he did, but he really embraced his role as the victim I suppose, yes. as he always has. Yeah, he's so great at it. He's the best victim I've ever met. Did you guys warn Luke this was happening? No. And same with the cassette. So Luke had no idea. Luke doesn't know when these are coming in. No, Luke doesn't no. answer my emails anyway. So right. even if I wanted to warn him, he probably wouldn't know. <laughs> Neither one of them answer my emails. So. No, what what I usually get, I don't warn anybody. What I usually get are right after it happens is the you son of a bitch. And no matter who did it. Right. It's always. I just know he's been cat rolled because I get the you son of a bitch email. But it is worth mentioning, Mike, you did help play a connecting role in the car bomb cat roll. Oh, right. Well, Andrew, in the midst of all his doubt and all his speculation in that clip, when he really seemed to be questioning Luke at some point too, he knew that Genevieve had to be involved and she was involved. I just got in touch with her and I, um, I got her work address so that Bobby could send her the CD and then she put it in his car. He he was, she got home late. I think he was out or whatever. And she just put it in his car and turned the volume up. And, you know, she sent me a message said, well, it's in there. Let's hope, you know, let's hope for the best. And I had to find out before, you know, him sending that, does he have a disc changer? You know, do right. we need to get seven cat roll? <laughs> whatever does, does he have a no. disc changer under the passenger seat is it 1996 right right yeah, you never you never know i mean we had to make sure that we did everything we could to make it work and 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 vives pulled it off and it happened very quickly and it was a great payoff a behind, really a behind the scenes production note you heard luke and andrew discuss the amount of time the cat roll plays before it transitions into dirt uh Mike, you and I actually had a, a detailed conversation about how long we thought that should be. To make, we certainly did. To make sure that you got enough cat roll to really be emotionally crushed, yes. but not so much that you turn it off before it transitions to dirt. And, and you asked me that question, and what I did was I pulled both of the videos up, both of the YouTube videos up, and I cat rolled myself. I imagine myself sitting sitting in my Scion at 5.45 in the morning. And I started playing the cat roll. And then when I even started thinking about turning it off, I said, click, got to go to dirt right here. And I think it was like 11 seconds or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Where we, I just knew he'd be stunned and you can let the cat roll go a little bit, but then you, you got to get to the dirt. I do wonder if that blank CD, while well, that unlabeled CD is still sitting in the door panel of the Scion because oh, yes. one of these days – Someone will go through the CDs and just put it in to see what it is. And he'll cat roll himself. We'll win. It's like syndication. We'll just win over <laughs> and over again. It should be like the circle of uh, of outdated broadcast life. Just 
he should just go set it in the studio somewhere and some poor young bastard can pick it up and go find a place to play it and be highly disappointed. Well, here's a here's a little thing to make you happy. Even if it's on shuffle, that CD has 10 tracks on it. They're all the same file. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, that's some shining level stuff yeah. right there. My favorite part of the whole thing was, um, Mike, your blog post the next day where um, you said you're not safe. Don't answer the phone when your dad calls. You know, like you just basically threatened oh, right. him on everything. It was so great. I forgot about that. That was my first week of blogging. And yeah, I just put up something extremely creepy uh, <laughs> in retrospect. And the Grizza just let it slide right through, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the Grizza the Grizza was a, a tough taskmaster on the editing side. Um why she couldn't just let my blog post just be published unedited like the rest of the content on mynorthwest.com. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, you should Maybe have just because I was the only one writing anything interesting. If you'd just written it in the comments, you would have been fine. Right. <laughs> right. Can I bring this around to a, to a heartwarming sitcom, uh, 80s sitcom ending on the cat rolling history? I, sure. I just I want to make a point here. It's not just that I love being an ass, although I do. Uh, one of the things that really brought me to TBTL was the community engagement. And even before I joined the Stens page, it was clear that there was a camaraderie among tens. <clears throat> I had just moved from the Frisbee Belt to Rhode Island and mm. didn't have a lot of friends out here. I still don't. Um, but that's my own fault now. And being involved and, you know, Jen Andrews always had this this quest to cure world loneliness. And I feel like the listener interaction, all the different stupid ways that we all jump in and talk to each other, this podcast, uh, all the emails, all the Facebook stuff, uh, it really warms my heart. And I just thought this was a fun way to kind of uh, bring us all in in another way. And all the pranking aside, I just, it made me happy on that level. So there's a little bit of sentimental part in it, just just a little. Well, the thing about it, Bobby, is it's it's not mean-spirited. It's 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 all in good fun. Andrew plays a great victim, mm -hmm. and it, it, like you say, it it allows other people to get involved. Like someone sent him the Christmas card. That wasn't you, was it? No, and um, we still don't know who that was. We don't. It was a rogue agent, and you know they could certainly step forward and get some credit in the organization. But I understand if you know you have your own reasons for cat rolling. That's fine. And then uh, Bruce got him recently. Um, boy, it just. It ha it has not only the Stens page, but yeah, stuff like this paper has really brought everyone together. And you know, Christy and I have been in from the beginning, and it's always been that way. It's just it with with Jen, it was really tight, and now it seems to be getting tight again, and it feels good. So, Christy, how do you how do you feel about what's going on in the in the TBTL world right now? Do you think we're at a at a high high point, or are we going to go higher? I think we're going to go higher. The it is, like you said, there's waves and we haven't had events lately. And I, I'm hoping that mm -hmm. with, um, this new, um, they're, you know, them joining infinite guest will, um, have some more money maybe for some events, some sanctioned mm -hmm. events. I would call the things we put together in Seattle, non-sanctioned events, but especially with the 2000th show coming up, that that better be a big one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. When would that fall? Have you made any calculations? Next 
winterish, right? Math is hard. <laughs> That's all right. It's That's a little right. late for I, that kind of math for me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jeremy, <laughs> if Jeremy, if you could back up about one minute and just edit in uh, some studio audience emotional response, and this this can stay in. I just wanted to. <laughs> Everyone, look under their chair. There's yeah. a hug. <laughs> um, I I think that um, it's going to go higher because they're building a bigger community. Mm-hmm. And the lo- we're there's big pockets of um, local the boss tens they have a pretty good community Chicago tens there's little um, communities inside but it's it's going to go bigger I think that they honestly need to do a tour yeah 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 there are a, a lot of podcasts about about their size that are actually doing pretty successful tours but you know it would have to be very carefully considered mm-hmm. you know kind of a regional thing not a every city thing no. but yeah i would say like maybe six places yeah and just do a live show it doesn't need to be um any huge thing they just pick the audience they know you know in boston it's a it's a little bit bigger and they'd get people east coast people coming in so you pick the venue for that size and mm-hmm. and do that and i think that that's going to every time after an event there's a a big community outreach and People, I mean, some of my best friends I met in line at the thousandth show that I'd never met before, um, and that usually happens at those events. And we need more of those. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I mean, it's totally, totally up to them and Infinite Guest and, and whether the money becomes available. But yeah, just anything they want to do in and around Seattle would be mm-hmm. great. You know, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, no. I don't think. But um, this. Bobby gave a pretty good speech about community involvement, TBTL involvement, and the ways to get involved with us. Uh, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com. There's buttons there for all kinds of things, maybe not tied detergent, but <laughs> we'll work on that. Um, a lot of information there. Facebook, you can go to the Stens or to the uh, Little Red Bandwagon page on Facebook and get in touch with us there. Our personal Twitter is at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. Pape, you on Twitter? Uh, barely, just barely at RL Pape, RL Pape. That's boring, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Jeremy's in charge of that now, so he's basically using it to like try to get free toilet paper <laughs> and toothpaste from different companies. I I immediately regret letting him control <laughs> that. But uh, if you want to email us, littleredbandwagon at gmail dot com. Uh, but really, if you want to be on the show and you have a favorite segment from history. The website's the best best place to go because there's a button there. You can just fill out the form, try to find the clip for us so that we don't have to go searching for it. Voicemail 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Christy put out the call tonight for you all to um, call in live. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Gotcha. Uh, Nerd Out Loud is Christy's podcast. Takedown podcast is mine. We are doing a sports show about um, – what is or is not a sport on Takedown this week? Nerd Out Loud just released a show. Christy, what was that one about? I don't remember. I was asleep. <laughs> Sounds like every other episode of Nerd Out Loud. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right, Christy. Pape, you have anything you, you want to plug besides uh, besides Burndy's Restaurant? 
I I'm on my grind. I'm on my grind most days on the Stens page. Actually, I was about to say so. Facebook's the place to find me more than anywhere else. Robert Pape on Facebook, and if you can't find me, it's because you're not on the Stens page or or on you're the, blocked or the little red bandwagon page. Very few of you are blocked. <laughs> so if you need to find me, find me there. Go to the little red bandwagon page, like it. Go to the Stens page, join us. We're a group. Anyone can post. It's organized chaos. It's wonderful. You'll see me there. All right, uh, Christy, if you don't have anything else, you can just wrap it up. All right, everybody, stay tuned to the end of this episode for Christy's voicemail contribution to the show. Yes, yes, stay tuned. We're going to have that Andrew voicemail. This is very exciting. So even though we've screwed up the outro this week, uh, Christy, what do you always say? This is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Case closed. Good one. Christy, it's Andrew Walsh calling. How's it going? Um, it occurred to me, of course, you wouldn't pick up the phone. It looks like it's a New Hampshire number coming through. But anyway, um... nailed it.